You're listening to the ABCs. Welcome to week 13 of the ABCs podcast, Artisanal Beverages, Chatting Sports. It's what the ABCs stand for. Of course, with me, Matthew Warsop, as always, is Machu Workman. Mate, all the way from England, how are you? Yeah, good day, Matt. It's uh, a real pleasure to be back again for another ABCs. I'm just sort of on a bed in Brighton at the moment, looking out to a very grey English day. So uh, so always nice to chat sports and uh, something to take a, a bit of the distraction uh, instead. So, well, you can join of... this grey New Zealand day that I had, mate. It's, it's sounding very grey all around. To, to, to cheer up both of our days, there's plenty of sport to chat about. We've got the EPL is back on this week. We've obviously got plenty of Champions League to talk about. There's the Wurragi World Cup. There's a little bit of cricket, mate. There's plenty to go on with, but what kind of beverage are you rocking with tonight? Yeah, the the people's question, isn't it? I I've got a, an incredible beverage actually this week. It's very artisanal. Uh, it is an apple flavored Coca Cola, no less. Jeez, we are we love a good artisanal beverage, and although Coca Cola <laughs> is one of the uh, the most well known brands in the world, it's yeah, it's it's leaning leaning artisanally. With Apple, yeah, I haven't yeah. even heard of that. Jeez, mainstream, artisanal mainstream is how we well, do things here. We'll have to we'll have to hear about more about that later on. I've got a uh, something alcoholic. I've got a Castles, which is a, uh, a father and son, or at least a, it's a it's a family brewing company out of uh, out of Christchurch, and I've got their uh, American Pale Ale, but from New Zealand. It says the New Zealand American Pale Ale. So um, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll give it a go, and uh, Matt, we'll chat some sport. Let's let's kick into it. All right, cheers, boy. So, of course, as every single week now that we uh, that we we begin with the cheeky single. Oh, now this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a runner. Yes, he's gone. Great place to start. EPL is the current VAR clankiness worth it for the correct result? I'm saying yeah. Yeah, I was going to say wait on yeah. I think so. I mean, I think at the end of the day. As long as we're getting the right result and as long as we are keeping the integrity of the sport as clean and as good as possible, I, I think that it doesn't really matter how long it takes. Obviously, you don't want it to distract from the game. You don't want it to lose momentum because then it might actually benefit one side or disadvantage another side. But I think the result is the key. Yeah, totally agree. I think when you look at what sport needs to be, it needs to be accurate rather than a spectacle. And sometimes we've got to trade that in. Uh, for one thing for the other. And when you look at, especially in such a tight league as the EPL, where um, two points, you know, when, when you're looking at a goal, a win versus a draw, and how that can really shape things towards the point end of the season, it's, it's crucial that we get that right rather than have to worry about whether it's a spectacle or not. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, we, we did see that did rear its head again in the uh, Manchester United and Arsenal game, um, ended in a draw. But yeah, again, just more VAR. But I'm glad that the right results are coming through. Now, on to your boys. I mean, lost badly tomorrow, 5-0. Massive win from us. So I'll, I'll, I'll get, get some five bucks off you later, mate. Or you can shout next time we're in the same place. But uh, will Newcastle's inconsistency lead to relegation this season? Yeah. Uh, yeah, wait on. Um, again, leaning towards a yes. I think. I think for my boys, it's... It's really hard. That's easily the worst result they've put on the park this season. And, and the captain, um, 
Jamal Lascelles apologised after the game. But, I, you know, the real, and I've said this before, unfortunately, the real sign of, of how they'll go this season is how they perform after that. So um, the fact they just gave up uh, was a worry. But if they do that again this weekend, then, you know, there is nothing more inevitable than, yeah, than a Newcastle relegation, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that being down to 10 men really hurt them. And, and that was just, yeah, it, it is always tougher playing for so long in the game. And, I mean, the fact there was only 1-0 at halftime, it showed you that, you know, that there was a little bit of spirit there. But then after it, after the fact, you know, after the halftime, it just sort of, they uh, they got smashed around the park. But, yeah, it's, it's tough. Leicester do seem like a team that sort of once they get on a roll, they play really well on a roll. But if you can sort of keep mm. them on the arm wrestle, then they're not as dangerous. But, look, I think they're a quality side. And, you know, the, the thing that will lead to Newcastle going down is the inconsistency. It's not necessarily a potentially a lack of skill. It's just being able to turn up each week. So, yeah, look, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but hey, that's uh, so it's what's coming on for for your boys this year. Now, talking about some bad Newcastle, what about how good the All Blacks have been, mate? What a massive win they what Canada sixty three nil. You were just saying, yeah, uh, you're saying off air, a couple of a couple of spent tries. Do you think the All Blacks are they looking as clean and as dominant as they have in other World Cups? Um, wait on. I mean, wait on. Matt, yeah. leaning in, I'm leaning into a yes, though, because they looked pretty good against South Africa and they're no pushover. But I think the hardest thing about this question or the hardest thing about the current form is that, you know, we are talking about New Zealand playing Canada. We're talking about some smaller nations. We're not necessarily, you know, we're not in the, the pointy end of the, of, the, of the tournament yet. And therefore, it's a bit of grain of salt. You know, you sort of have to just take it with what it is at the moment. But, yeah, I mean, look, they're looking good. But, yeah, you were saying that there was a few skill errors and it could have been even it could have been an even bigger scoreline in the end. Yeah, well, they dropped, they dropped a few tries in there. Both um, uh, Scott Barrett and Bowden Barrett dropped the ball inside of the line. And I think that may just come down to not necessarily um, always playing in Japan because they've played in Japan, you know, for a few years now. But it's this back-to-back this time of the year as well. They usually play in Japan in October where it's a bit cooler. So things like humidity have uh, played a really big part. And um, I know that um, a friend of mine's working there and he says the humidity is 80 90% all of the time and it's 26 degrees at night. So, you know, these sorts of errors, obviously, well, these sorts of conditions lead to errors. And, uh, and we've seen that quite a lot, not just in this game, but throughout the World Cup. So I guess the longer this tournament goes on, we will probably see a little bit more skill execution um, as they get adapting to those conditions. But, yeah, again, the likes of Canada, where you've got a lot more position than you usually would, um, you start to see a lot more drop hill and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not surprised, but they're, they're building nicely, I think. Yeah, I mean, great answer, but even better little name drop from you there, mate. That was uh, very cheeky. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> now, in other pool results, Ireland and Australia... Both had some bad losses. Well, Ireland to Japan, that's probably a bit more um, concerning for them than Australia to Wales. But have they both blown their chances to win the World Cup due to these poor losses? Right on. I'm saying no. I'm going to say no. I don't think so. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, again, early doors, it doesn't rule you out. I mean, I think the Ireland-Japan, other than the shock of losing to Japan, although, you know, Japan did upset South Africa last World Cup, and Ireland were missing Johnny Sexton, and that's obviously, 
you know, he's such a such a key cog for them. He's such a important member of their team that when he's missing, it, it makes a massive difference. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think Australia losing to Wales. I mean, Wales, you know, are a very good side at the moment. Arguably one of the, the better ones of um, of the world. But you know, they're, they're, they're I think they're, they're ranked higher than Australia are. But obviously, I'd still keep England and potentially Ireland on a good day ahead of them. But no, definitely England ahead of them in the in the Northern Hemisphere. But I don't think it really affects them too much now. But it's just, you know. If you then have to play England in the quarterfinals, or England are playing bloody well, and that could be the, you know, you then look back and you go, well, if we hadn't lost to, to Wales, then we win, and then Ireland go, or if we hadn't lost to Japan, then we weren't playing these guys in the finals, and yeah, it can make a, make a massive difference. So, yeah, I don't, know, I, I don't know how it all, um, it all leads out. Yeah, look, um, I think we had thirty seconds for each comment, and I know it's an Australia loss, but um. I think, to be honest, mate, I don't think there's too much to worry about, particularly in that Ireland pool. I think the one team that should be scared about that Ireland result is Scotland. Um, Scotland have already lost one game. Japan haven't lost a game yet. Um, so Scotland really have to do something here in order to get out of the pool. Now, of course, on the back of this Japanese win, the Sunwolves have been booted from the Super Rugby competition this year. Is that decision a mistake? Easy yes there for me. One there. Maybe okay, two. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying no. Okay. Well, I'm, why why I'm are you sending no. me back? Um, I think it comes down to a few things. Like, I, you know, it's about competitiveness on the park, and um, you know, I think they've won three or four games. They, they've won three or four games in, in two seasons or so. It's it's hard because obviously it's all about developing the game, but at the end of the day, what was the the, the whole aim of the Sunwolves was to try and break into that Japan market. And at the end of the day, it didn't work. And Sanzar have come out and said, "Look, um, we're gonna we're gonna swing the axe." And um, you know, we tried to get money out of the Japan market. It didn't work, and so that's it. It's unfortunately, obviously, an economic decision and not a rugby decision. Yeah, I, I think the biggest mistake of that though is that, and being Sanzar, there isn't a Japanese sort of proper representative, so they were always on the outside. But they've sort of described how much more viewership came from beating South Africa in the last World Cup. They've now got it's the first Asian World Cup. They've got the World Cup being played in Japan as we speak. Plus on top of that, you've then you know, you've just beaten Ireland and again that's how many more people are watching that game. You're trying to grow the game by having a World Cup there and then it's like we've just built up all this momentum to lead into nowhere. So I think it's a massive mistake and I mean even just to give it one more year just you know, two more years and say, look, you're on your final notice. You have two years to become financially, you know, more marketable or, or, or more profitable um, because, yeah, it's like we've built everything up now and it's leading to nowhere. Not all roads lead to Rome. So in the terms of the Colosseum, in terms of gladiators, mate, this bloke has to be one of the all-time greatest T20 players, if not the greatest T20 player of all time. A.B. de Villiers, absolute superstar. I mean, that's undeniable. Um, obviously, he has retired from all forms of international cricket, but he's just signed for the Brisbane Heat in his upcoming BBL season. Is this the biggest signing that the BBL has ever seen? I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to come through. 
Yeah, okay. I'll come. Yeah, I'll come through. I was a bit reluctant, but I'll come through. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good, it's a great signing for the Heat. Um, obviously, um, Brendan McCullum no longer there, so mm. they've obviously looked for someone with a bit more X factor to partner Crystal in there. Uh, I think it's a great mix, a great combination, and um, definitely the star power that the big bash needs i kind of felt it, it wasn't at its best last season and so it definitely needed a bit more star power and, and they got it yeah I, I don't think you're wrong there with last season's kind of lull um and i think ab's he's a great player and he definitely still has a has a following um but it's just yeah i mean obviously is it a couple of years too late i mean unfortunately it would have been great to see some of these south african players five you know within the last five years when they were on top of the world, Dale Staines included, but look, I think it's still a great get. Um, I still don't think he's probably quite as um, personal or, or, or was quite quite the same personality as a Chris Gale. I think he was a massive uh-huh. signing and he really sort of brought things in. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I still think he'd be great for the uh, great for the great for the Heat this year. You know, as you said, partnering Chris Lynn. Now, from one sport that's kind of also re trying to jig itself, the NBL. Starts starts this week. We've got a couple new sides. We've got some great high school basketballers from America. We've got teams that are really pushing for it. Is this the biggest year in NBL history ever? Easy yes, easy yes. Easy I'm not one. even waiting. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just a I think it's because um, when you look at the state of where the NBL is and and the fact now that it's seen in America as a viable option instead of going through the college system, it can't, yeah. you know, the NBL cannot overstate how important this year is, um, I guess, as a shop window for, for potential high school athletes. So um, the NBL has to make sure it gets things right this year, especially with guys like RJ Hampton uh, projected top five draft pick next year. All these sorts of players who are now choosing Australia in professional basketball over, yeah, exactly, LaMelo Ball, all these players who are now electing for this over college it's it's the biggest time for NBL shortly. Yeah, look, I, I definitely agree. I think the amount of hard work that's been put into sort of rebranding the league, how many years ago it was, bringing in United, um, and really trying to sort of rejig things. I think it looks, I think it looks fantastic. I've gone to a couple of games myself, and I've always loved them. Like they've done that cro- sort of crowd participation correctly, yeah. and it does feel like a professional league. So therefore, like you say, because they've got the professional league factor to it it then does actually give other people a viable option to either come from high school or to maybe not go play in Europe or to really sort of show you where's in a professional environment to go from there. Um, so I think, yeah, the best of luck to them. That it shows you that they've, they've set up the, the, the league right. Un, yeah, I guess unlike a Super Rugby, which I don't think quite got it right with the expanding to 18 teams and then 16 and 15 and playing around with it too much, but it shows yeah. you when you get the league right then you'll always attract the talent. But with the game growing, and it, and it really is, is it time to have a second New Zealand team on the back of, say, well, we've got a second uh, second Melbourne team coming in, but should there be a second team in New Zealand? Yep, yep, I'll come through on that. Okay, I'll, 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 say, I'll say wait on. I'll say no, but come through with a yes, you're, you're the local. Going to bat for you. Yeah, sure. Well, this is this has been a question that's been um, asked for quite a few years now. Actually, um, uh, a second team based out of Wellington, um, based on the back of a popular and uh, very very successful Wellington Saints, who I think went unbeaten last year in the yeah. New Zealand NBA. Um, and I think what you'll see there is, like you say, it's about this. 
setting up good teams, setting up good systems, and then obviously success follows from that. And that's obviously what's come through from Wellington. I don't think there'd be any issues around crowd attendance because um, they've bred success in Wellington now for a good t uh, eight yeah. years or so, eight to ten years. And so they've got a successful and loyal following. So I don't think you'll find that financially it wouldn't work. Um, it's just, I guess, the logistics um, for some of these places like um, do Wellington even fly? Uh, to Perth or whatever, so uh, these sorts of other logistics must come into play. Um, but yeah, I, I'd I'd be all for it for sure. No, nah, fair enough. I, look, I, I don't think I'm against it, and I'm I, I always enjoy having bigger leagues where you can have a few more teams, and it gives just more people the opportunity to follow the follow the game. But I just you know I wonder you've already got like the New Zealand Breakers now. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. They're more based out of Auckland than they are anywhere else in New Zealand. Um, yes. you'd obviously have to rebrand them into an Auckland and they've shown that they've been able to rebrand Melbourne sides and a few of these other along the way, but just whether there's going to be a bigger market in a Sydney, a bigger market, second team in Perth. I mean, Perth have been so dominant, maybe a Tassie, you know, like I just feel like there could be other markets in Australia, which are, you know, still big and keep the New Zealand breakers, but maybe spread the New Zealand breakers out across New Zealand more before maybe a, a second Wellington side, or a second New Zealand side out of Wellington. Oh, now this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a runner. Yes, he's gone. Enough chat about sport. It's the time for the people segment. Everyone's favourite. Drinks chat. Hey, I was doing just fine before I met you. I drank too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Alrighty, so welcome along to Drinks Chat. Of course, we do this every week. Uh, it's, a, it's the perfect tipple when it comes to talking uh, sport. Uh, I've got my Coca-Cola apple-flavoured uh, soft drink here. Uh, beautiful, beautiful drop, but I'll talk more about that. And, Matt, you've got the Castles, if I'm correct, the New Zealand American Pale Ale. Yeah, correct. It's, uh, it's slightly confused in name, but definitely not confused as a drink. Uh, look, we'll start with the price. Now, it was part of a mystery six, so it was a nice little six-pack, but you didn't get to choose your six. Um, although upon buying it, I realised that underneath the uh, the branding, because they still have to uh, obviously provide your alcoholic uh, <laughs> numbers yeah, and, and all the branding, that, yeah, I, I guess you could actually go through and, and take the mystery out of the mystery. But no, it's been a, I think that came in at about $18. So it was pretty standard for a six pack over here in New Zealand, probably a little bit on the touch expensive side. But, um, you know, I'll give it a, give it a three out of five for price because... So, because it is artisanal. Yeah, I couldn't be more artisanal. Yeah, mine sort of came out at about. I'll do a New Zealand dollar conversion for you, just to make it easy for our New Zealand. Listeners. Well, how many pence was it? Just throw that in there for. Oh, look, it's in pence. Um, yeah, no, it's it came out at two eighty five, two pounds eighty five. So, pretty expensive, but um, it was for six hundred mils, um, sort of around oh, so the bottle. So, yeah, yeah, six hundred ml bottle, not a can. Yeah. Uh, yeah so okay. I. I think it's probably around three, three and a half out of five. Okay, okay. We'll take three and a half out of five. Now, in terms of notes, what what's coming through there? Are you getting more Coca-Cola? Are you getting more Apple? Well, it's weird. It, like I've, <laughs> I've, I've just had a sip, and um, I think what you get is um, you get a lot more Apple. Uh, it's almost like a – it tastes like a lot of like apple juice, like fizzy apple juice. Um, it starts off as cola, but then sort of blossoms into this apple note, which is so strong. Um, it's it's hard to avoid. So yeah, it's lovely. 
got a cola apple i didn't think it'd work but it, it bizarrely works i don't mind it at all i don't mind okay it. is it branded oh. as a new item um i think it's just i think it's just kind of one of their um little ones to the side I, I see they've also got ones like they have um a coke zero that has a strawberry flavor to it um which i've seen in the shelves um they've got obviously cherry cherry coke as well so um They've got the whole fruit basket, to be fair. Yeah, we'll um, have to dedicate a full segment next week. I mean, I'll, I'll wait till they bring out the <laughs> banana flavour. Oh, God, imagine it. Or, um, yuck. Yeah, yuck, no run there. Um, but what about you, mate? What are the, what are the sort of notes coming through in the castles? That so NZ very, ADA? very floral. It's a very light one. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's described as delightfully fruity, but they're not wrong. It is definitely, it's very whiffy on the nose and even better on the, uh, on the palate. Um, but yeah, very, very sort of lightened and not too, uh, does, doesn't get sort of too stuck up in, uh, in pretenses. It just gives you a nice sort of floral note of beer and, uh, no, quite nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a good, uh, yeah, four, give it a four out of five. I actually quite, quietly enjoying this one. Yeah. I'll, I'll come through with my grade. I, I, it's good. It tastes like apple, which is weird, but I think it's, it also tastes very, very sugary. It's very, yeah. very sugary to me. And so I'm coming through three and a half out of five. Um, it's, a good, it's a good refresher, but it's not one that I'd pump into the vein straight away. Okay. Um, and, of course, that leads us through to our sport pairing. Uh, again, you know, everybody wants to know about this. Um, we'll start with you, mate. What, what are you sort of feeling with the end zapper? Well, with the New Zealand American, the fact that they are trying to just really hero the American one, I feel like it needs to go for a sport that basically – wouldn't get played anywhere else in the world, and that's the sport of ultimate frisbee. It's a nice floral note; it doesn't take itself too seriously, like the game of ultimate frisbee. Although I did see some highlight the other day, and um, yeah, that probably couldn't be any more further from the truth. They take it way too right. seriously, right. those boys. Yeah. Throwing some things and full length dives, and yeah, nah, too too serious for me. But uh, no, nah, I think as someone who's just a casual watcher of the sport, I think this uh, this casual beer gets the job done. Well, I am immediately transporting myself back to where I was this time yesterday. I was in a little country town called Lewis, L-E-W-E-S, and I was walking along the Lewis Castle uh, ridgeline there, and, and I saw a good two or three groups of about five elderly men per group buying lawn bowls on just a random lawn, like not a manicured green, just on, on a big patch Weeds of grass. Weeds and tufts of grass, yeah. Parts of grass and very uneven grass, so um, so it was very artisanal um, lawn bowls, and uh, and yeah, felt like uh, I felt like I was right at home with my my apple coke. So I'm, oh, I'm jumping on the elderly love the game. elderly lawn bowls in a Lewis Castle Green. Very nice, very nice. Um, can I ask you a quick shout out as well? So obviously, who I thought was a great listener of this podcast, but turns out she probably has never listened to a single a single episode, and that's my wife. She, uh, I was looking there for drinks to, uh, to have tonight, and she went, oh, ha- you know, how about this red wine that we've got around the house? Um, it's quite a nice wine. I'd give it an eight out of ten. And immediately I looked at her and went, do you even listen to our tweet? Like, it's always out of five, mate. Give it, give it an eight. I mean, it was bloody ridiculous, mate. I'll tell you that now. She intros the show. She <laughs> intros the show each week. I mean, that's recorded live in studio each week. And then she just says, all right, collect my paycheck. I'm out. I'm out of here. So, yeah, look, that's what I have to do with you. So hopefully the, the elderly of Lewis are looking after you better. Oh,
Now, of course, that's going to lead us, mate. You are overseas. You've just mentioned in drinks chat. You're over in the UK. You're over in England. You need Lewis. You're in what Brighton at the moment, mate. How's the uh, How's the move gone? How's the you, you you had a few stop offs on the way. How's it uh, How's it all going? Tell it's been the, good. The, the listeners. Oh, sit down and grab some popcorn. No, I I've really enjoyed it actually. Um, I think it's just this perpetual state of always being on holiday. Uh, that I'm getting well into, but I've, I haven't, you know, it hasn't just been lazing around by the pool. I, um, every morning that I was in Singapore, um, I was there for four night, uh, four days, I should say. I went for a run, um, sort of a half an hour run because it was about 26 degrees by 8 a.m. Uh, and then it was 29 degrees uh, one morning when I went for a run in the Botanic Gardens. So, so it hasn't all been just um, lazing about by the pool. It's been um, half an hour of exercise and then, and then lazing by the pool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, let's be Singapore honest. is horrible, though. I played a game of cricket there once, and, or a couple of games of cricket for a tour, and I could barely hold on to the cricket ball. It was so humid and so sweaty. Yeah. It was not a uh, not a pleasant place for exercise, but definitely a pleasant place for landing by a pool. So I'm glad that you are. you did try both, but you definitely got one of them in. I became a black belt in lounging by the pool and um, really and a white belt at running. But um, yeah, so, so there was that. And then I obviously came to Brighton. I haven't done much uh, in terms of the way of exercise. I've done, I've done a lot of walking. I've done a lot of walking around Brighton, to be fair. Um, yeah, you sort of do you, that when you, when you travel. You just end up hitting the ground and just, yeah, walking everywhere. Yeah, and I've got this big 20-kilo bag on me uh, where I'm, and I'm walking around everywhere. And uh, so the back's looking grey. Um, the front's not looking flash um, because <laughs> tucking into the tucking into the local delicacies, but the, yeah, nice. the front's never really looked that flash, to be fair. So you know, just a perpetual state of neck. But no, well, goals. Mate, um, couple goals, mate. Tight back, loose front, couple goals. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, and so, so yeah, I'm off to obviously off to London tomorrow, and uh, you know, I've I've heard they don't mind a drink or two um, at two o'clock in the afternoon. So, yeah, try seven. Dodge, yeah, exactly. A dirty, um, dirty English dozen. So I'm going to have to start dodging requests to go to Weatherspoons and all that for for drinks fairly quickly, um, and and get back into the into the running because I still haven't gone to a marathon that I want to do yet. Um, but I'm I'm definitely keen to do another one. So yeah, that's yeah. that's me. In the UK. The problem with the problem with the uh, was it the Spoons invite for a couple of David Hasselfrots is that they're actually the same <laughs> pub every single place in in England. Like, there's thousands of them, and they're all exactly the same. You know, they, they sort of chatted up, like, oh, they, let's go to Weatherspoons, let's go to, go to Spoons, and we'll grab this, we'll grab that. You're like, mate, it's the same pint of Carlsberg no matter where I go. Um, yeah, exactly but, right. So I think they're all just raging alcoholics, and they just need an excuse. So they, excuse. they have three pubs next to each other, and they're like, oh, we'll make it a pub crawl. You're like, mate, it's the same pub three times in a row, same menu, same beer prices, <laughs> same bloody decor. <laughs> Oh, no, no um, bloody good. Floors. Oh, man, that was a real first impression. So, yeah, that's it. So, now look, mate, enjoy, enjoy. It sounds like you're uh, you're living at large for all here at the ABC's podcast. Um, oh, yeah, well, and then I guess back here, I mean, my uh, my bike riding is going well, obviously. Um, don't have a choice about it anymore. We're just, the car's gone. So, it's just it's just bikes here and bikes there and the hills of Dunedin are looking after the quads. I'm actually losing a... My hips are looking good, obviously just you know driving on the pedals, but I'm losing a little of the junk from the trunk. My my glutes are looking a bit bit slimmer, so to the dismay of of all around me, of all friends and family that are that 
around the house. But um, yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> the uh, I'm feeling good though. The I'm actually because as we could all cast our minds back to, didn't do a lot of running, didn't do a lot of setup for the marathon, um, and I actually probably yeah. felt the most unfit I've felt like in my life leading probably into that marathon. Um, and that was even before I started running. So, you know, that's probably why the, uh, the run came out the way it did, but, um, yeah, I'm starting to get sort of back into the, the flow of just a good cardio health. And I can sort of, I can really feel that difference in my body. And I think it's, it's, it's actually, it's such a great feeling to feel more healthy and more fit. So yeah, look, here's to, to more, more incidental exercises as we, uh, as we, as we kick through. Tie the glutes. Yeah, well, that's it, and just and just keep tightening the glutes. Now, on the note of uh, of loose glutes versus tight glutes, Pete Murray, mate. Now, this is my favourite segment some of the week. There is some glutes. Yeah, look, there was some. Uh, there was there was there was a bit of bit of leaking back there from uh, from Tottenham, mate. The defence was not good in the Champions League mm-hmm. the other day. I mean, the, the obvious winners, they've had some great times, although they never quite got to the uh, Premier League title. They've had some yeah, they, good they years recently, been playing final. some good football. Yeah, yeah well, that's it. They, like, they've they they've what Champions League final. They're doing really well. And, uh, yeah, you would have seen the score all over in England. 7-2. Oh, mate. 7-2. Converted try. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it. Like, you've just... They just opened up the back gate and just let the uh, let all the sheep out. And then uh, yeah, found out found themselves lacking of sheep when they when when the ninety uh, ninetieth missile or ninetieth minute whistle went. It was a it was a bad bad game from them. I mean, Bayern Munich are quite a good side, but you know doesn't doesn't excuse them. They are the lucky recipients of the Pete Murray Award this week. Oh, lucky them! And a reward for them, they've got Bryson this weekend. So. Uh... Uh, I'm, I would have been there, but unfortunately, I'm, I'll be in London. But uh, best luck to, to the to the Seagulls, my boys, my second team. Um, trip them over, why don't you? That's it, mate. I mean, you're going to have to uh, jump ship when when Newcastle go down. You may as well jump on the, uh, on the Seagull <laughs> on the wings of Seagulls, mate. On the mighty wings of the Seagull. <laughs> oh, the geez. bloody the bloody chip thief. Now, on that note, the week ahead, there's plenty of sport. Uh, look, I'll offer you up, mate. We've got the NBL, EPL, Rugby World Cup, MMA. Where do you want to start? What's what's sort of really getting you chomping at the bit for this for this weekend's sport? Well, I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say chomping at the bit to be fair, but it's it's like when you get a scab and you just can't help but pick it off. Let's start with EPL. Let's start with my boys. I want to just get this over and done with. We're nineteenth on the ladder already. Obviously, um, we've. Haven't won for a wee while, and we've got some small team called Manchester United this weekend. Um, we're at home, and you know, look, I, I can't wait for this weekend to be over. As a as a as Newcastle United fan, I I, I just don't know how they're going to go. I don't back them. Um, I, I want to a draw at best for me. I think a draw at, at absolute best. Yeah, look, I think you're not quite getting Manchester at their. Uh... At their full flourish, but yeah, look, uh, yeah, I might go a, a two-one to them. Um, I don't think you guys will p- perform as poorly as you did last week, but yeah, mate, a win's going to be tough against uh, a better side. Yeah, look, I might even go a two-one win to you guys. I think it's going to be two-one either way. Maybe there's going to be just a lucky little goal in there. Um, I can see uh-huh. you just turning around, 
in front of the home crowd, in front of the tune. There, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, we are also well. Look, we're playing some great football. The uh, the foxes. Yeah. We're also playing a small unknown club of uh, the name of Liverpool, who are absolutely flying at the moment. Um, yeah, it'll be it could be a tough game. I believe it's yeah. It's at um. It's it's at was it Merseyside? It's uh, Anfield. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, again, Leicester is sort of finding a way to, to draw the games they need to draw and win the games they need to win, and coming off the a real sort of boost last week. Yeah, I can see it being a yeah. I'm going to see ooh either a one all draw. Well, Liverpool are just so dangerous. Maybe a two one win to Liverpool. I mean, they don't lose at home too often. No, and and I think I think we've got to we've got to keep things in perspective as well. I mean, you guys have only lost one game this season, and um, and you know you've won. I think sorry, you've lost one more game than they have. So you know it's it's a tight it's a tight league, but even though you've only lost one game, you're still seven points behind after seven games. So that that just shows you the class of Liverpool and um and the fact that they are odds on if not um already given the title to. To win, so best luck to the boys. Though I'm, I'm backing yours. Oh, thanks, mate. Look, we are we, we need all the luck that we can get. Now, of course, the NBL starts tonight. I'll just ask just a well, is it tonight? No, yeah. later this week at least. Anyway, um, sure. We've got the two Melbourne sides. We've got the new Southeast Phoenix against the mm. well, the United Melbourne United. Just a quick little, quick little prediction from you. I mean, any any thoughts either way? Uh, I'll go with. I'm going to go with Melbourne United. I think they're yeah. uh, they'll be two class, and um, yeah, they'll get the job done. No, good shout. I um, yeah, I do like United, but I might just uh, might give the new uh, Mitch Creek lead. They're going to give it a good go. They've recruited quite well. So that's the uh, the Melbourne United Phoenix game. Of course, we've also got uh, the Taipans versus Kings. Yep, Sydney. Yeah, I'll Who probably give that to give that to Sydney. Okay. Yeah, give it to the Kings. Yeah, I think I think Cairns are not bad, but they're a little bit inconsistent. So I'm going I'm going with Kings as well. Um, of course, Melbourne United have a second game this weekend. They're the only team that have back to back this weekend. They've also got Perth. Now that will be an absolute cracker of a game, uh, which is taking place, of course, uh, on on the Saturday. Uh, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, what Perth won it last year, Melbourne won it the year before. Melbourne's coming off the second game, so at least they'll have maybe some of the nerves. They'll start to figure things out. Just for, I mean, you wouldn't have thought fatigue plays a plays a, a sort of a role there. Was it in Perth or is it in Melbourne? Can you see that? That's in Perth, yeah. Ooh, in Perth over there, Fortress. Oh, you look, you got to back. You got to go with. You go with the Wildcats home team. It's the it's the only way, isn't it? It's the only way that um that you can decide really between these two sides is where it's played. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, Melbourne United. Obviously, they haven't been in the league very long. They've already got two massive rivalries that they've started, which is, which is awesome. Mm, that's it, uh, that's final, it. Final game of the round is the Wollongong Hawks against the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, look, we'll lean into the Hawks. I think, uh, yeah. Is it Illawarra? Yeah, Wollongong. Yeah, the, uh, the the Hawks. I think with the uh, with with Illawarra, with the Mellow, sorry. With the mellow yes, picked that's up. That's right. I, I reckon they're going to come out firing. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the, the recruitment's obviously a serious impact here. I think, yeah, I mean, the Hawks didn't do too well last year. They were second last, and um, mm. and the Bullets obviously snuck into into top four. I, uh, you know, I think one player doesn't make a champion team. I'm I'm going to go with the Bullets. I'm going to go with the Bullets just because I think they've got better team chemistry rather than relying on one player. And of course, in the Rugby World Cup, we've got a couple of games. I'll just blow through them because they're going to be pretty one sided. You would have thought. Ireland, Russia. I mean, 
surely Ireland won't lose to two minnows in a row. So we'll give them the chockies there. South Africa, Italy. I mean, Italy, look, they're, they're not the worst side there. But, um, yeah, look, against the Springbok are looking really good at the moment and smashed them yeah. over the other day. Australia, Uruguay. Uruguay had that upset win over Fiji. Great from them. But I feel like Australia aren't going to let two slip, especially when, you know, the with all the refereeing issues of, and we did skip over those tonight, but all the referee blemishes of the last game against Wales. No real excuse, yes. but um, you know, I, I don't think I think Australia are going to come up with some with some heat. Um, but probably, yeah, I guess the best game coming up of the of the weekend, England Argentina. Now, you know, the form would say and history would say that England are going to win this comfortably, but Argentina pushed France recently. They they're not they, you know they've they've done well in the Super Rugby. They've come together as a good side. Yeah, this could be quite a good game. How do you see it going? Yeah. Oh, and with, with with all due respect to to Argentina, France aren't looking that great. They got pushed quite a wee while there by the USA um, earlier in the World Cup. So I, I don't think France are at their best. But yeah, I think Argentina definitely. Um, you know, they've got they've got the opportunity. I don't know whether they'll get the chocolates, but I think you know they could they could squeak in for a bonus point, which could prove to be um, all they need to get through. So you know, if they're able to. To hang on, get the job done, and um, and then sort that all out. I mean, it makes for a pretty interesting table. I mean, you look at their pool; they've got France, obviously, as well. Um, but a, a bonus point against, yeah, a bonus point against England. You know, I think that that puts them in a bit of a reckoning. So, mm. watch the space. I that um I am watching now. On to heads and tails. This is a big weekend for the two of us. We've got yeah. well. A Kiwi fighting for Australia. We've got a Nigerian fighting for New Zealand, but they've both taken on their respective countries. It's Australia versus New Zealand. The MMA, Robert Whittaker against Israel Adesanya. Mate, this is it. This is the uh, the derby. It really is. This is the this is a, a match that um, has a lot of hype around it. Dana White saying it's going to be one of the biggest in history. Um, it's in Australia. Um, I think it's obviously already sold out. Um, this is huge. This is this is the biggest MMA fight in New Zealand history. Um, probably the same in Australia, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact yeah. it's being fought in Australia as well just makes it all that much bigger. Mm, 100%. So I'm, but, you know, I can't not back my boy. Can't not back Israel Adesanya. He's, um, he's looked really good. He's earned a lot of um, followers over his time. He's a very kind of entertainer. He's a very, he's got a very entertaining personality. I think I think he gets it done. I think he gets it done by um by a decision though, not by submission or okay. um, or anything like that. I think it's got to be done by decision. So it's got to be a longevity game. Yeah, look, I, I can see. I mean, I again similar to you. I can't go past my boy Robert Whitaker. He just bangs. He gets hit. He keeps going. And um, I think he's going to make it tough. I think he's going to sort of have that go forward style and really put the pressure on on Israel and sort of really get in his face, which. We didn't see Silver, you know, Anderson Silver. They kind of, they sort of stood away from each other and kind of did the showmanship, but they didn't really, I don't know, it wasn't really a in-your-face kind of fight. So I feel like that could be the that could be the difference and really take him. But it's not that he uh, he won't be handle it. It'll be a yeah, it should be it should be a really good fight. So I've got the coin in front of me. We've got a yep. Kiwi twenty center. I'm gonna give oh, it a good. flip, mate. You can call it in the air and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. All right, and the coin is up. Heads. Heads it is, mate. Look, 
I'm not going to back off my boy. I'm, I think he's going to get it done. I think it'll be by submission. It's going to be epic. I can't wait. It's going to be sick. Awesome, mate. Awesome. So that's another heads and tails win for me because, of course, Robert <laughs> is going to snag the win like it was a Bunnings sausage chisel, mate. Get a bit I of just, bread. Just, get I, your I, onions I, on top. None of under, onions underneath, mate. He's going to actually snake that win. So thanks for Robert. That's it, mate. That's it. Now, look, of course, that brings us to another end to this podcast. What a week it's been, mate. Thanks for the chat. Um, yeah, look, we, we, we miss your face, but hey, good to hear from you. Sounds like you're, you're artisanal as always. Thanks to all the listeners, though. Keep keep plugging the social medias. Keep, uh, keep listening each week. Keep getting your beverages. And, of course, stay artisanal.